and we are recording in progress recording with miss lucia sinatra on tuesday march 14th that's a badass name by the way on tuesday march 14th 2023 at 5 35 p.m eastern time and again always guys if you want to support the show there's a little red button on rumble locals press it you can support it for like a couple bucks a month exclusive content blah 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 support the show keep it independent um miss sinatra you were uh you were recommended to me by dr mccullough and uh he actually introduced me i guess verbally to you on our, on my last show with him and he said isn't that a great name and i said it's a fantastic name and um but that's about the that's about the uh the ceiling of my my professional understanding of you and it's always i never know if it's good or bad when people are like i've watched your show i always kind of step back and i'm like i don't know whether they're about to say it's great or they want to punch me but you seem to be in the the former category so could you please introduce yourself and tell everyone kind of what you're doing with the, the mandates Yes, I would love to. Um, so thanks so much for having me today. My name is Lucia Sinatra. Oh, yeah, Lucia, no worries, no worries. Um, I knew you wouldn't take it too harshly because you're so chill and so casual. And one of the things that I love about your podcast. So I knew I could say that. Okay. I might have I might have avoided it if this were a little more formal. Okay. Uh, but in any event, I am a mom of two college students. I started uh, no college mandates about a year and a half ago. Uh, when colleges decided to mandate COVID-19 vaccines, I kept a very close eye on the reasons why. Um, they never really had reasons why. They said, this is the way we believe is the best to protect our community. Um, but as you know, as data rolled out, um, we very soon after colleges announced their primary series um, vaccine, COVID-19 vaccine mandates, uh, we learned very soon after that these COVID-19 vaccine mandates don't prevent um, um, infection and they don't prevent transmission. So how do they protect the community if they don't prevent you from giving me COVID and me from giving you COVID, whether you're vaccinated or not vaccinated? So I, I actually thought naively they would catch up to the science. I was like, okay, you know what? They're, they made a mistake. They're going to admit it, and these things are going to go away. Not even close. Uh, as a matter of fact, um, so at that time, there were well over 1,000 colleges mandating COVID-19 vaccines. Um, by uh, This was um, spring into summer of 2021. By December of 2021, 325 of those colleges mandated a booster on top of it. At this point, we have had so much more data on um, the fact that these vaccines are not working uh, the way that they were designed to work. And you cannot force a college student to take a vaccine to protect his or her own health. It has to be a choice. There has to be informed consent and it, there has to be medical freedom. If those vaccines are not preventing their 80-year-old or 70-year-old faculty or staff members from getting COVID-19, then vaccine mandates become illegal. They're not, they're, they're no longer legal. Has that stopped colleges from mandating them? No, it hasn't. So uh, we've had some shifts. We've had uh, a number of colleges drop primary series and booster mandates, but then we've had colleges go in the exact opposite direction. We have 21 colleges that have announced they would mandate the bivalent booster. Now, what this means is there is no monovalent booster anymore. So if you're an incoming freshman, you're required to have the primary series and one booster, which is the bivalent. However, if you are an upperclassman and you've already taken a monovalent booster, this means you now you need two boosters. To, uh, to stay enrolled in your college community. So some of these kids are up to four vaccines if you're a domestic student. If you're an international student, you can have anywhere from six to eight vaccines. If you've gotten vaccines in your home country that are not recognized uh, by the colleges, then you have to repeat those vaccines when you get here. Good Lord in heaven. I mean, I'm with you in that I think everyone deserves the benefit of the doubt early on. I mean... I was as guilty as anyone of thinking this was the end of the world. I get it. Is it a bioweapon? Well, yeah, spoiler that it is. But, you know, is it a bioweapon? Did it really just come from a bat and a pangolin getting it on? Like, I get it. And the vaccines are rushed and okay, but I get the general vibe. You know, the same reason that the Patriot Act was, uh, you know, made able to be pushed through uh, the government right after 9-11. It's downtown Manhattan's a smoking mess. The Pentagon's on fire. I get it. You, you, 
you know, never let a good crisis go to waste. And that's, it's not always cynical. Sometimes there is reason behind it, right? You know, FDR the, enacting the War Powers or the War Powers Production Act or whatever whatever it was right after we got bombed at Pearl Harbor. Like, there is precedent, and it's not always nefarious. But right. as it went forward, and it was kind of shown that these aren't effective and they d- don't stop transmission, then... You know, it's, they, they stopped 95%, and then they stopped 80%, and it's about 50%, and then it's like, you're probably going to have a heart attack. Like, it's just going to went lower and lower and lower, and then it's like, yeah, you might have AIDS. Like it's, it was a very slippery slope to a vertical drop-off. What is then, not that you have the answer or that I have the answer, what is the reasoning behind it? Is it, is it people, are, are they still fearful? Is it groupthink? We just have to trust the the doctor in the white coat or is it i mean are there incentives is there are there bribes are we you know we all we all assumed twitter was in bed with the government it took several years but now we're getting the actual documents that show there is fbi cia dia dhs collusion is this something where in 2026 or 2030 we're gonna have the university files and we show that you know top deans whatever took you know whatever stocks from Pfizer or something not not that you have the answer but what what is the rationale yeah I I, honestly I think it's all the above I've been asking this question since the day I started this mission what is it what's driving this so uh as you would imagine uh the more elite the college the more NIH grant funding that they get um so it could be very much driven by NIH grants uh NIH grants are nothing new right NIH grants have been around you know um for decades and decades i mean this is how college and university professors and scientists fund their research however if you look at the increase university of michigan um i think in the last couple of years and they're one of the universities that just mandated the bivalent booster. Tommy, students have to take the bivalent booster by May 15th in order to enroll for fall of 2023. Months away, right? So take a vaccine in May to go back to school, maybe beginning of September. If there's any efficacy whatsoever, and if the variant is still even around by then, how does it make sense that you're mandating uh, incoming freshmen or any student that's going to live on campus to take a vaccine potentially three full months before they're actually going to even be on campus? What's the driving factor there? So their uh, NIH grants over the last two years have um, increased anywhere from 10 to 15 percent. Um There are faculty and staff that are incredibly still fearful for their health and safety. I get faculty and uh, I get deans calling me all the time and they're saying, don't blame this all on NIH grants. We get some grants, um, but we don't have we don't get a ton of federal funding from the NIH, yet we have vaccine mandates because we have a fearful faculty. Then I get faculty members calling me saying, don't blame it on us, it's the unions at the public university and public college systems. The unions are fearful for their health and safety. The unions are throwing away, they're throwing around their weight and their power, and they want these mandates to remain in place. Um, you know, and then, then I've got other, you know, small liberal arts colleges calling me and saying, we do what Rutger does, Rutgers does. We're in the state of New Jersey. We get almost no federal funding. Um, but Rutgers mandated the vaccine. They're the largest R1 research institution in the state of New Jersey. So they must know something we don't know. They're conducting clinical trials for all three big pharma companies. And so if they're mandating this, they must have inside information on the safety of these vaccines, the dangers of the virus. And we're just and we're just going to do what they do. So I think it's a multifaceted, um, you know, sort of answer. And I don't think there's a one size fits all answer, just like there's not a one size fits all COVID-19 vaccine. Yeah. Yeah. And it also starts, it also makes me think, and I've been thinking this throughout the entire pandemic, is that what we're seeing isn't new. Like it's startling to see the level of corruption and capture of these institutions. But it, now it's kind of dawning. Like, I always use this analogy. The first time I got caught drinking when I was 18, you know, and I tried to tell my parents, oh, this, this is the first time I've ever drank, right? And it's like, 
how fucking dumb do you think I am? Like, you know, like you think I was an 18, you know, at one point? No, of course, it's the first time I got caught, which then leads you to conclude, like, you've been doing this before. I think this has probably been the MO for decades. And it's just either the advent of social media and the, I guess, virulence of, of emails and digital copies as opposed to paper documents in like the 70s or 50s. And we're just uncovering it more now. This has probably been going on since these institutions were founded. And thus, that also might explain why they're so brazen to continue to do it, is they've been getting away with drinking every weekend at their buddy's house for the last year. And now they're getting caught and they don't know what to do. Is there any, again, not that you have the answer or a crystal ball, is there any validity to that? Well, I think if we look at where these mandates are coming from, it's coming from the college administration, right? The college COVID teams or health and wellness teams or whatever you want to call it, you know. Um, and I think if you look back on the history of college students and um, and I haven't studied this a whole lot, you know, I really immersed myself in this whole battle um, it specifically related to COVID-19 vaccines in this pandemic, but college students are at captive and easily manipulated audience. They have been the subject of science experiments for decades, decades. Colleges have sold their data. Colleges have used their data. Colleges have rolled out treatments. Um, they've rolled out different types of healthcare measures on college campuses, all because it is so easy to do. Once you're on a college campus and you've paid your tuition, you're now captive to the institution that that owns your future. And um, and I think it's one of the reasons these mandates persist on college campuses. I think it is very easy uh, to manipulate and to control this young adult population um, because let's face it, um, they've got hundreds of thousands of dollars of tuition on the line and, this, and they've got their dreams on the line. So it's either you do what we say or go find somewhere else to go or, or you know, or we'll blow up your dream. You know, end of story. And some of these colleges have been un unreal. Um, you know, when vaccine mandates rolled out, and of course, we started making a lot of noise and other parents and a few students here and there. A lot of the feedback we got um, from the other side of the aisle was, well, just transfer, leave the school. It's not that easy. Um, there are kids that have sunk in tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars in education, um, in, in tuition dollars, they won't get those back. Uh, there are some colleges that said, we will not release your transcripts until you comply with the COVID-19 vaccine requirement or until you comply with the booster requirement. We will lock you out of your online platforms so you can't access your classes, you can't access your grades. Um, there are some horrific, horrific things uh, that have been done to college students. Some of them are in such specialized programs that if they were to transfer, um, they wouldn't, they couldn't even find a program that would be a match or an equal to the program that they're in or a program that would accept all of their credits. So just saying as easy as go somewhere else, transfer, drop out, it's a, it's a much bigger ask than I think people, um, you know, think about at, at first glance. It's There are a lot of factors involved. I think for some kids, it is an easier decision. I know tons of kids who have dropped out of school. I know kids who have dropped out for a year, transferred. I know kids who have dropped out for a year and then a year later applied for an exemption, got that exemption approved and went back um, to the horrific school um, that they were at that forced them to leave in the first place because in that first year they wouldn't accept exemptions. So, you know, it, it's really um, individual dependent. I don't think we can judge anybody for the de their decisions on whether they stay at an institution, drop out of an institution, transfer from an institution. It's a very individual decision. Yeah. And, it, you know, as much as I, kind of cast aside or make fun of it do need to be I do need to be more empathetic in that I was in college from 2009 to 2013 I had a pretty broad major biology pre-med and I transferred from Valdosta State University to the University of Georgia that was within the same state without missing any time in between no gap period where I had to say you know explain the missing time perfect grades no criminal record 
and even then it was still a headache and a half with no pandemic no taking time off no exemptions no we're not going to release your scores i mean wow i probably had it as easy as anyone could have it and it was still a total pain in the ass so i guess i do need to be a little more open-hearted to the idea of i was so hell-bent on getting into medical school if someone told me you know you're no longer allowed to wear socks I would have been like, fuck socks, like, yeah, whatever, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm getting into medical school. And it's like, it's easy for me to say it now, I'm 32 and completely independent of that. But I mean, it, then, yeah, they hold, they hold every, they hold your future in a vice grip. You know, do you want to go to medical school or engineering school? Or do you want to, you know, go to the Naval Academy or Air Force Academy? You got to get a letter of recommendation from your state senator. And if you know, you're smoking weed, we're going to kick you out. And any any one reason, we're going to kick you out. And we're not going to release your transcripts. I mean, again, it was hard to get transcripts released just because of the fact there was like 30,000 kids at my school, regardless of if I was bucking the system. Right. It's. I think it is very easy for me to look at them and say, oh, you shouldn't do it. Like, okay, take a year off and then get an exemption. What the hell are you doing that year off? Right. You know? Okay, I had parents that probably would have let me come home if this was the period. What if you're completely screwed and you're putting yourself through school and you're working at Waffle House? Right. You're probably just going to say, there's less than a 1% chance I'm going to have a heart attack. Yeah, whatever. Just give me the jab. Right, right. I think I think you're right. I think, you know, you kind of hit on something there. I think it, it's very hard for us to quantify um, how many students believe that they need these vaccines for their health and wellness, how many students took them just so they could go back to a normal life at college without disruption, without judgment, without being ostracized in the community, and how many students are against the vaccines. And those are the ones that filed for mandates or dropped out or did everything they could not to take them. Um, and I think that middle category is is much bigger um, than I initially thought when we started this mission. And I do think it's getting bigger and bigger. Um, the more the data comes out on the dangers of continued vaccination, the dangers um, of the COVID-19 vaccines for this, you know, largely young, healthy adult population. Um, you know, if if we could only get that middle group. Um, to activate and push back against the colleges, I think we'd have a real fight on our hands. So in your in your time, you know, fighting against this, is there what is the most realistic or I guess path of least resistance for college students who want to, you know, who have the crazy idea of not wanting to take an experimental vaccine and still receive an education? What yep. can they actually yep. do? Yeah, so um, I'm glad you asked that question. So we have a website, um, nocollegemandates.com. And on the homepage of our website are two extremely important lists. There is one list of colleges, it is over 500 colleges that never mandated COVID-19 vaccines. There are caveats to this list, however. Um, Some of these colleges would have mandated COVID-19 vaccines if they were not um headquartered in the states um which expressly prohibit COVID-19 vaccine mandates. So Texas, for example, um, if Baylor University could have mandated COVID-19 vaccines, they would have, but they are prevented uh, from executive order in the state of Texas from doing so. Um, same with University of Virginia. At one time, they did mandate COVID-19 vaccines. But as soon as Governor Yunkin signed the executive order saying that Virginia public universities could no longer mandate these vaccines, they had to get rid of the mandate, meaning they change it from a mandate to we recommend. That means you can do whatever you want. You don't have to show compliance anymore. You don't have to comply. Basically, it's your choice. Um, The other list that we have is uh, a much larger and more comprehensive list. um, And it's a list of um, which institutions mandate COVID-19 vaccines. And so what we, we have on there is we have the colleges that do mandate, how many they mandate, 
if they have dropped COVID-19 vaccines, uh, vaccine mandates, when did they drop them? Uh, we have links to the web pages so you can review the policy yourself. Um, so that way you're guided in your decision on where you wanna go. Um, there are people that write me every day and say, I'm not going to look at the which institutions mandated COVID-19 vaccines. I can never trust those institutions again. What if they do this with the next pandemic? What if they go back because all of a sudden we have a new variant? What if they take, uh, you know, that recommendation and make it a mandate again? Um, and then there are other people that say, look, at, it's my kid's dream to go to this school that either mandates. So I'm going to I'm going to let them apply and get them an exemption or they mandated at one time. So I need to trust that they're never gonna do it again. Um, and that's the reason for the two lists. It really depends on what you trust and what you're looking for. And the whole reason we created these lists is to give parents and students a roadmap, to give them ideas um, and to give them, you know, um, sort of a, a, a place to start um, when they start looking for where they want to apply to colleges. I promote that um, list of colleges that never mandated vaccines quite a bit. Um, there are 21 colleges on that list that take zero federal funding dollars. They don't take NIH grants. They don't participate in federal um, funding or federal student loan programs. In other words, they are 100% autonomous to run their colleges and universities as they see fit. In my dream world, these are the 21 colleges that we send every kid that wants a higher education degree to. These are the colleges we prop up. These are the colleges we model to build future colleges. These are the colleges we put all of our efforts into growing. So when alumni write me and say, what do I do? Um, I don't want to donate to my school anymore. Um, then I say, here's a list of 21 colleges. Go see what they're doing. See what resonates with you. Support them financially. Find a way to build these schools up because they're the ones that get the true model of independent uh, learning and higher education. Have those uh, 21 schools, do you know, have they received any, I guess, lashing from the government or withholding of federal funding? Have they seen any sort of disciplinary action? None. None. Now, it is 100% their choice. They're all private institutions, so they can choose as they see fit to say, no, we don't want your federal dollars. And by the way, you're also not going to tell us what we can do. That's awesome. Um, it's really yeah, it's really badass. Have have there been, what about students? Have, have you, are you involved with any students have been injured by these? Yes. And do they get any, do they take it up with the university? Are they, or is it, are they just kind of shit out of luck? It's a, uh, it's a great question. We're working on that. Um, so we started this effort, um, you know, trying to save as many college students as we could save who didn't want these vaccines. So um, we uh, we we help facilitate thousands upon thousands of uh, vaccine exemptions, medical, religious. Um, after that, we turned our attention to letter writing campaigns, phone campaigns, petitions, Align Acts. Um, the colleges barely responded to us as if we didn't exist. Um, and we got MDs involved. We got lawyers involved. They wouldn't respond to any of us. Their policy is their policy. And they, according to them, they're following CDC guidelines and they're protecting the community. And they will answer no questions as to why, who or how these decisions are being made. Um, then we said, you know, it's time to pull out the big guns. So we are working on, um, we are speaking to congressmen and congresswomen um, to, uh, to work on legislation to prevent colleges who receive federal funding from mandating uh, COVID-19 vaccines or any vaccine um, that is inadequately tested and, uh, and is showing to be ineffective. Um, and, uh, and we're facilitating lawsuits for injured students and for families of students that have died as a direct result of COVID-19 vaccines. Um, and I know you touched on this earlier, but if you could refresh me, are, in which states, so you said the 21 schools are, these are private institutions. Are, yeah. which, are the oh. which are the public institutions that are, have any of them kind of stood their ground or no? Uh, the public institutions, um, so it, it varies because the public institutions in those states that don't allow them uh, to mandate COVID-19 vaccines can't. Um, there are, you know, in California, New York, uh, uh, 
the large majority, like the UC system, the SUNY system in the city of New York, the CUNY system, they all have vaccine mandates uh, on the books. And, um, and they, um, you know, and they're, they're doing that, you know, they say, um, you know, largely in consultation with CDC guidelines and state um, public health guidelines. Um, so, um, you know, and, and we're not seeing those budge, those late large state systems in California, New York. However, um, in uh, in Illinois, uh, we've seen uh, a large, their large state college system drop COVID-19 vaccine mandates. And, you know, Illinois is a blue state. Um, so why, you know, why did they drop, you know, COVID-19 vaccine, you know, vaccines? It could be pressure from the community. Um, it could be pressure, you know, from, uh, from politicians politicians. Um, it could be bad publicity. You know, we've been riding these blue states really hard, um, you know, to show us the data and the science upon which they base these mandates. Um, so it could be a number of things um, for why uh, there doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason. And we never know who's going to drop mandates and when it's going to happen. Michigan State uh, University just dropped COVID-19 vaccine mandates, but University of Michigan uh, continues to mandate them. So mandated the bivalent booster, as I said earlier, uh, for students in 2023 who are going to be living on campus at Ann Arbor. Um, so if you're a commuter, you do not need the bivalent booster mandate. If you're faculty and staff, I think the mandate varies. But if you are an incoming freshman who wants to live on campus, um, because I guess that's the only place the virus lives is in dorms, um, you know, then you need to get you need to get a bivalent booster. I'm sorry if you already answered this. When did, when did you start all of this? When did you kind of start the whole fighting for this or fighting yeah, against about, this? Yeah, about uh, about a year and a half ago. Okay. Right, right around the announcement of the of the booster mandates. Okay, it's March 2023. I get that you know a million Americans died, seven million people worldwide. I get it. I'm not making light of those. It's terrible. It is a Chinese bioweapon. And, you know, it is an act of war, but that's another tirade for another time that I've gone on enough times and I, you know, my blood pressure gets going. The average person is surviving it just fine. At a certain point, I don't know if I can buy their argument that it's still fear based. Like it's it's over. Like we're not we're we're done playing with pandemic. Like the the new hot thing is the war. Right. Or, you know, trains derailing or or banks collapsing pandemics. It's, it's not, it's out of, it's not in style anymore. Like I know I'm making light of it, but like it, it's over. Like right. there's gotta be, I just, I don't believe that. I think there are still some psychotic people. Maybe I shouldn't say that, you know, maybe if I'd lost a family member, I'd be a little more empathetic. I get that. And if you want a glimpse to it, just look up the hashtag COVID is not over. I mean, if you want, I mean, I feel bad for them. People wrapped in, they look like mummies. Right. They're in like hazmat suits in the airport. And it's like, bro, it's March, 2023. Like, what are you doing? Right, right. right. Is it really just fear? Maybe it's my tinfoil mind, but I, at this point, I'm like, someone's making money. Someone's making money or there's funding or there's, there's something or there's a revolving door. You're going to leave duke or harvard and you're gonna get a job at the nih or the niaid or i don't i'm just thinking aloud now i just i'm not sure if i buy the fear thing not saying i don't believe you i don't i don't believe them yeah no i uh i i agree with you i mean you know we there was a uh professor website university of berkeley professors i i think they probably since take it taken it down i'm, I'm not sure I actually haven't looked in a while um but they put up a website faculty in support of mandates um mask mandates uh shop mandates and they had you know they had they had no coherent reasons um but they basically just wanted to build a website so all these faculty could sign on board um and they could show the university of california um, how important it was um, for their health and safety to have these mandates in place. Um, I think it's a mental health issue at this point. You know, I, I don't know what else it could be. I mean, I think there's um, a, a large amount of instability. And we think about it at the college level, it's an absolutely frightening thought because these are the people that are teaching, teaching our, our future leaders, right? Um, these are the people that are teaching our students and, um, you know, they, they refuse to discuss or debate the science uh, upon which their requirements lie. You know, I, I just I, I really 
um, naively underestimated academia um, to think that, you know, these are some of our most highly functioning, most intelligent, um, you know, people and humans in the population, um, certainly they'll have some data and science to support, um, you know, these, these, you know, these mandates and to support um, the, what they're doing to college students. And, you know, you, you never get any of that. You get a lot of ad hominem attacks. Um, you get, uh, you know, uh, a lot of, um, you know, you're, you're crazy, you know, this is a, you know, college students can choose where they want to go to school. If they don't want to be subject to our rules, you know, you get a lot of, there have always been um, other types of vaccine mandates, you know, for polio and MMR, it's not even close to the same thing, um, you know, to, to develop a vaccine schedule. Although another conversation for another day is the doubt thrown into all of the vaccines on the vaccine schedule after seeing um, after uncovering, um, you know, the shoddy clinical trials that went in uh, to approving these vaccines, um, you know, when you do some 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 deep dive work and you read turtles all the way down, you realize um, there may be not a single vaccine on the market that has ever been adequately tested or put through proper and rigorous clinical trials. And it's, it's absolutely frightening. So I think it's some of that too, right? These college administrators think, well, you know, we mandate these other 10, 12, 15 vaccines. We're just going to slap it on there sure. because we can do we can do whatever we want. Um, and it's our rules if you want to come to our institution. And there's it's just not that easy to admit they were wrong about any of this. It's not that easy for them to say, you know, and there are a few. There are a few, you know, rare professors, doctors, um, you know, PhDs who have come forward and said, you know what, we made a mistake. And um, and the more we learn, uh, the more we realize uh, we need to flip sides and get on the mission of ending the distribution of these vaccines um, as opposed to pushing them. And especially on young, healthy adult populations and the very, very young. Um, so, you know, I think it's an attitude problem. I think it's a lot of, you know, uh, we can do whatever we want. It's our rules, our rules, if you want to come here. And, um, and you know, they're not doing, they're not doing the research into the, the injuries, the adverse events, the side effects, the deaths. I can tell you that some universities are, know about um, myocarditis, pericarditis in healthy young men and in athletes. Um, and they have told me um, indirectly through my inside sources that we know, uh, we know what's going on, um, but this is, this is a political decision. And if you think you're going to win um, and you're going to get us to reverse vaccine mandates, you're, it's never going to happen. Yeah. You know, I think if there is a reason for it, and I know we got to I've kept you longer than I said I'd give you. If there was, if there is going to be a thing that pushes back on it, I imagine it would probably be something like the University of Georgia or something akin to that, a giant school with a football program larger than life. I mean, that thing controls campus or think like Alabama or anywhere Texas or bat or basketball programs or whatever. It'll be something like that. When a when a, when a star QB freshman coming in, he's gonna guaranteed championship, and they drop dead. That is sadly probably gonna be the thing that changes it. Not not anyone else, not not students talking about you know bodily autonomy or coercion or you know the same people that historically protest like Occupy Wall Street are now shilling for Pfizer which is just the weirdest mental gymnastic I've ever seen in my life that's I mean I guess shout out to the CIA their propaganda is on point you know game respect game but like it's probably going to be when some star athlete drops dead and they're and it's going to be a bunch of people in Georgia going okay well we were we were guaranteed a championship and it's sad but that's probably what I imagine it would be as frightening as it is and as awful as it is to talk about, I think you're right. I, I, I don't think these colleges have seen enough injury. They haven't seen enough destruction um, on their particular campuses um, from these mandates. You know what's interesting? We, we also wrote um, to the NCAA, um, we wrote several letters to try to engage them because there, there was no college student athlete 
vaccine mandate that came down from the NCAA, right? That's school dependent. So if you're a student athlete in, um, at a public school in New Hampshire um, or Virginia or Texas or Georgia, where they're not allowed to mandate COVID-19 vaccines. So any state school cannot have a COVID-19 vaccine mandate. Um, but if you are at a private school in one of those states, there might be a COVID-19 vaccine mandate. So depending on where you are, an athlete depends on whether you're going to be forced to take these vaccines or not. But what happened is there was so much pressure on student athletes um, by the coaches um, to say, you need to take these vaccines or you're not going to play. Uh, you're going to go from first string to second string. Um, you're putting the entire team, you're jeopardizing all of us, you're putting us in, in harm's way. Um, so the level of pressure on student athletes was some of the greatest pressure um, of all student vaccine mandates. Um, if these coaches found out uh, that, that kids had exemptions, like at the UC schools, for example, um, they, uh, they retaliated against these student athletes um, like you would not believe, um, telling these students, um, you have an exemption, you know, you're putting us at risk, therefore you're not going to play in the next 10 tennis matches. I mean, they could take a, whole, a kid's whole entire season away. Um, and this was all stuff that was going on behind the scenes, right? Because the college had a mandate, the college improved you know, approve the uh, the exemption. But if the coach found out and then the coach was getting pressure from the NCAA to have all the athletes vaccinated, then there was just all this whole other layer um, that they had to contend with uh, being, you know, being student athletes. And they're the ones most at risk um, for adverse heart reactions, adverse heart events. Um, and we've seen it, you know, uh, sadly, it doesn't get greatly publicized, but since student athletes have started taking these vaccines at colleges, um, there have been a number of deaths. Um, there, it's 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 so hard again to quantify and collect um, all of the information that comes out because sometimes the only places that these articles are written are in the school newspaper. Um, it's very rare uh, that they give the cause of death. Um, they they quite often say we're going to follow up with a new article when we have more information on cause of death, and then they never follow up with the article. Sometimes it appears in local newspapers. If you're in a college town, you know the local town newspaper will sometimes report the death. Once again, very rarely um, do they come up with a cause of death, um, and they quite often say we'll follow up when we have more information and nobody follows up. So you need an incredible amount of time um, to dive through college newspapers, college towns, obituary columns, to basically paint the picture of how many college students have died um, as a result of, of college COVID-19 vaccine mandates. And that doesn't even touch on those that have been injured. So that would re then require you to go, you know, um, through the VAERS data, the vSAFE data, um, and pull out all of the students that are college age, um, what adverse reactions they had, um, you know, were they forced, and then go back and backtrack and compare against our list. Did those colleges have mandates? How many boosts, how many did they mandate? How many shots did they mandate? Um, did this student take vaccines? If so, how many? What's the proximity of the injury or death to the last vaccine? I mean, you know, it could it could take months and months, if not years, um, to collect the data, even, you know, even going state by state and collecting death data from the state. Um, that's not publicly available in every state. So I live in California. I can request you know, the last three to five years of, uh, of, of death data for the state of California. Um, but imagine those records that I'm going to get. And then you've got to go through all of the, that, that death data and pull out the college students and then, do again, do a cross-reference to maybe the state uh, or, or local college that they went to, um, you know, compare it against the vaccine mandates, compare it against the proximity to when they took the vaccines. None of that is publicly available. Um, if a college student in a state uh, took and death records don't don't give vaccination status. I I I believe I'm pretty sure I'm right about that. So then, how do we get 
the vaccine status data, right? So it's just it's just an incredibly tangled web of information. Um, and, and we keep up with it through our really strong parent community. We have a strong parent community on Telegram. Um, we're active on uh, on Twitter, and that's how we communicate with each other, email, substack, um, and, and we bring to awareness what's going on at our kids' colleges so we can stay up to date on, you know, injuries, deaths, adverse events, um, you know, and then, and then we do the research on the changing of the mandates, whether they drop, uh, whether they add more shots um, to their mandate, you know, their vaccine mandate um, requirements. So it's it's an incredible amount of work. Um, what is the most devastating about it is I think so few people are aware of how many injuries and deaths there have been as a result of these college vaccine mandates. Um, and I just can't help but wonder if they were aware of what was going on because mainstream media, um, you know, put it put it on TV. Um, would we have more public outcry? Would we have more backlash? And I really got to believe that we would. And it's it's being suppressed, and it's uh, it's a hard thing to come to terms with. It's it's really devastating. Um, you know, there are some college campuses. I mean. You know, I think there's a, a North Carolina, is it North Carolina State? They've had eight deaths just in the spring 2023 semester. Eight. Uh, I think the large majority of them are suicide. However, there are people in the community that are saying, uh, we think the pressures of lockdown, the pressures of vaccine mandates, and potentially even what's in the vaccines themselves could lead to suicidal thoughts. Suicidal thoughts are on the rise. Um, you know, I think it's one in four teenage girls um, have contemplated suicide in the last few years. Um, those numbers are devastatingly high um, and, and on the rise. So you're seeing some colleges um, that have never seen this level of, of suicides on their campus. Um, WPI in Massachusetts is another one. In the last 15 years, they've had a total of seven suicides. In the last year to year and a half, uh, sorry, it's the last 15 years, a total of two suicides. In the last year to year and a half, seven suicides. There's got to be some correlation here. You know, um, you know, correlation does not equal causation. However, does it not require investigation? Does it not require at least looking in uh, to why we're having, you know, students, you know, and 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 then at um, you know, at other students, students are young students are having heart attacks, uh, young students are dying suddenly and unexpectedly, uh, young students are having strokes. Um, why are the colleges not investigating this? They know that this is not normal. We can look back on years and years of, of, of you know, enrollment in college, you know, communities and not see um, this level of heart attacks or what is a sudden and unexpected death? What is a medical emergency? A new term um, that, that, that colleges are using and reporting in their school newspapers. He died of a medical emergency. What does that mean? What does that mean? And why are you not investigating? You know, and then, of course, there's the families, right? Because it does come down to the families as well. They have to ask for the autopsy. They have to ask questions. They have to demand to see uh, what the results of the autopsy were. Were there blood clots? Um, there have to be more answers to what led to the untimely deaths of some of these students. And nobody's asking the questions. You are frighteningly well versed on this. <laughs> and I mean that as a compliment. I mean that in the best possible way. I'm, I'm just sitting here. I'm like, Christ Almighty! I wouldn't want to argue against you. <laughs> like, good Lord! But thank you. I've made it my job. You know, I've made it my job in the last year and a half. And um, you know, we're dealing with the with the lives of of young adults um, who are being forced and manipulated and coerced into doing things they don't want to do. I have two young adults myself. It's a it's a personal mission for me. And um, yeah, I, you know, I've, I've made it my job to, to, to let people know just how horrid um, and unconscionable the situation is. And I think for me, it, it's kind of silly, but there's like a huge component of it, which is just my own ego where I'm like, I know, I know this is all bad. Mm 
I know just it's nothing new. It's corporate greed. It's covering things up. It's medical atrocities. And I know it's all going to come out. And it might be two years. It might be 100 years. You know, like they're just now finding those schools in Canada where there's like mass graves of, of indigenous kids, but it's from like the 1880s. Like it might take a century and a half. Right. I know it's coming out. Yeah. I just don't want to be on the bad side of the textbook. I don't want to be part of the idiot who's, you know, writes like a 10 page article on why only morons think the world is round or like, you know, the people ridiculing Joseph Lister because he advised soldiers to not pack their wounds with mud. Right. I guess that's my own ego. Like above all, I'd like to think it's morality or intellectual prowess, but it's instead I'm just like, I just don't want to look like a jackass. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe that's the driving force behind it. I don't know. Right. I, I don't I don't know. I think it is the driving force um, behind a lot of what's happening with college and college administrators. Um, they already look like jackasses. And, you know, if they go back and and uh, and say, hey, we screwed up, we were wrong. So all those shots you took, um, you know what? You didn't really need them. Um, I, I, we're never going to see that. What we are going to see um, in in my um, in my opinion is uh, and we are already seeing it is we did such a good job getting rid of COVID-19 on our campus that we can now get rid of COVID-19 vaccine mandates. But it's because we were so diligent and 99% you know, percent of our college community is vaccinated. And because of that, it, it can all go away. So it's not gonna be a mistake. It's gonna be, look how great we are. Oh, sure. It, it'll be that in like the quote unquote near term for the next couple of years. Right. But the big picture yeah. Like an acid, the truth always just dissolves all barriers around it. It doesn't care. It's indifferent. Yeah. And I think there's also, you know, it's it's like seeing a friend get too drunk and act like an asshole. And and then you get too drunk and your friend's like, you were being an asshole last night. You're like, you almost can't comprehend it. You're like, I would never be that guy. But in fact, you were that guy. Like you threw up in someone's car. That's right. I think it's the same thing as there's a lot of people who look back in history and look at the atrocities committed by governments or corrupt institutions and they can't possibly imagine that you might have had a hand in a low-key genocide of college students in 2023. It's not a black and white photo of concentration camps. It's 2023 with iPhones and, you know, Teslas. Right. I think that's probably part of it is you're looking at it and going, but that was me. And there's probably just a cognitive break, I would imagine. I don't know. Right. No, I, I think you're right. I think it's an interesting analogy. It's, you know, I, I would I would never be that dumb. I would never act that way, um, you know. And uh, it is, it's, it's a cognitive dissonance thing. It's, you know, I can't I can't come to, the, to terms um, with the fact, um, you know, um, that I'm an expert in my field. I'm an expert scientist. I'm an expert researcher. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm one of the world's top cardiologists. Um, yet I could not see the dangers um, of these vaccines. You know, I, I think it's it's it would be so devastating um, that they just block out the realization instead of coming to terms with it. Yeah, and like I, I can't even say that I I wouldn't. Well, I can because I didn't, but. Like I do, I do see it, you know, I do. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I remember when we were in college, you could, you could buy something and then I, I'll let you go. I know I, I said I'd keep you for 30 minutes. It's been an hour. I remember Word. in college in at, in Georgia, we, you could buy something called spice and it was synthetic weed, but you couldn't buy wheat, but you could buy spice <laughs> and we, we would buy it. And our parents who, you know, we all went to private Catholic school. So of course we always criticize our parents for, you know, being helicopter parents. And I remember me and my friend's mom was like, you can't smoke that. It's dangerous. And we were just like rolling our eyes. We're like, they're just angry at everything. And now like we have to look back and Spice is now banned because it was causing like seizures and aneurysms. And there is that moment of humbling when you're like, mom was right. And like, you you know, when you're 21, that's the last thing you want to admit. That's you'd rather, you know, walk up, walk off the plank into shark infested waters. But, you know, on like a microcosm, there's that moment of like, Oh, uh, we were wrong. And, right. I, you know, I, I guess I get it. Um, yeah, I think you, you very much define the college student. Uh, they're invincible, right? Yeah. You know, 
they don't they don't they don't think they don't think about the consequences of taking a vaccine they're like wow i'm just gonna do it you just drank a gallon of vodka on monday night (laughs) i can do anything what do i care they're invincible they're not they're, they're gonna be totally fine and uh you know, and and I, I do worry about the day that they wake up um, and potentially have a lot of vaccine regret and potentially realize um, what they were forced to do um, and, um, you know, and that they sort of succumbed to the pressure or didn't fight back against it, didn't take the time um, to decide whether they needed it or, um, you know, or whether they, they could have avoided it if they, you know, incur some sort of health issue. I, I do worry about that a little bit, not only with college students, with a lot of people um, who took the vaccine. I, I see a lot of vaccine regret every single day. Um, and I think that could get exponentially worse. Yeah, I mean, there were mornings I literally woke up having lost my wallet, phone missing, like a, a, like a bloody nose, a chipped tooth, and just been like, well, you know, I'm just gone to class. And been like, that's just the way it goes. And I looked back now and I'm like, how was I not, how am I not six feet under? You know, like <laughs> dearly missed UGA alum. Like, I, so I guess, yeah, the, they're, you, you're invincible. No, you're not. No, yeah, you're no, absolutely you're not. not. Um, yeah. Is there anything we haven't covered that you want to touch on? Uh, no, I think if you will allow me, I'll just repeat our website. Um, you can connect with me, uh, there. So we're no college mandates.com. Uh, I can be reached via email there. All my socials are there. Um, our active telegram group is there. Um, you can connect to our Substack, uh, which we call our newsletter. Um, I don't get to post and write as often as I would like because I'm too busy fighting colleges, but, um, uh, all my podcasts are there. Our letter efforts are you know, petitions, align acts, basically everything we've done over the year and a half, a lot of it is captured there. Um, so you can learn more about the work we do. And um, if nothing else, if you have uh, parents of college students, I hope they access our list um, in order to help their their students make the best choices for uh, a future college. Um, and if you have alumni, college alumni that are listening, if your colleges mandate vaccines, stop giving to those colleges and find the ones that don't. Thank you so much, and I'll I'll email you the 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 link to this to this, and and we'll shamelessly ask you to plug it on your your social media and websites and all that good stuff. Will do. Thank you so much, Lucia, not Lucia, Lucia Sinatra. Thank you so much for coming on here. Thank you for your patience with me and my my foul language, and uh, yeah, thank you for just doling out the knowledge. That was awesome. Thanks, Tommy. Really appreciate. It. I had fun today. Thanks for having me. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. Thank you for watching, everybody. Recording Stay safe stopped. Out there. Peace.